DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Bowler's weekly interview presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. Bowler, good morning. Hey, DJ, PK, what's up? Hey. Well, we got a lot of NBA stuff to talk to you about, but first, I know you're a Chiefs fan. My, condol- <laughs> my condolences. Yeah, Why didn't yeah. Andy Reid run the ball in the start of the game? They run for seven yards, they run for eight yards, and then the guy calling the game says, uh, the Raiders are one of the worst run defenses in the league. They give up over 130 yards per game. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this is pretty simple. And then they are getting shut uh, 24 at the half, but they're getting shut out in the third quarter and early in the fourth. I'm thinking, run the ball. Run the ball. They did not run the ball. They threw the ball. Mahomes got caught with some uh, blitz pressure. And then, as you know, the Chiefs' defense kind of cracked like a nut. And um, I tell you, the Raiders were better than I thought. They they just seemed to be more in tune, had a better game plan than Kansas City. You know, last year in the Super Bowl run, they lost three straight home games at Arrowhead, which is insane, unheard of, and another home loss uh, on on Sunday. So, um, maybe a motivator to take them off uh, that Super Bowl high, I would think. Bring them back down to earth a little bit and reevaluate. But, yeah, I was surprised. I really was. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes is such a good, incredible, talented quarterback. And I think sometimes you get a little more enamored with him uh, just working the offense instead of staying with a game plan. I mean, that's kind of the way I felt. You know, it's. The focus is on him rolling out, slingshots it. I mean, he's got an incredible arm, but he's still got a game plan. And it just didn't seem like it worked one bit. One bit. You find a little parallel, though, with uh, KC and what happened and with BYU and what happened. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Um, You know, what was the spread on that game? 35? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it turned out to be a touchdown. Sure, I mean, and you know, it's it's it happens every week, uh, multiple times, whether it's college, NFL, uh, NBA, where you think it's going to be a walk in the park, and a team like University of Texas San Antonio says, no, no, you know what, we're better than you think, and they they motivate, and uh, the other team decides they don't play, have to play as hard. We see it all the time. Uh, but yeah, there's some parallels there. Uh, I, I really believe that it's hard to keep that that focus, the energy. You believe in your, you know, the hype and all the all the talk and social media feeds the beast, right? Uh, this is another. I, I'm I'm anxious to see what BYU is all about this week. You know, at, at Houston, um, next couple of weeks. In fact, you want to, you know, what you want to finally see competition. Finally, BYU should probably really up their game uh, in that regard, in the sense of of the fight of who they have to take on over the next couple of weeks. And, uh, uh, you know, so we'll see. And for the Chiefs, we'll see what the bounce-back ability is and, and the control Andy Reid has on his team in the locker room, too. So when you talk about bringing it all the time and sustained greatness, it's a little bit of apples and oranges, but it does get me thinking of LeBron back in the finals again, 9 yeah. out of 10, a fourth title, and still – 
crushing it at 35. And I know other players have been great late in their career, and other guys have played big minutes, but there haven't been many players who are this good at this age after this many years in the NBA playing this many minutes. And, and maybe Kareem, you know, but the guys who did it, like Robert Parrish was good for a long time, but he didn't carry his team. Jordan didn't actually play at the age of 35. That was after beating the Jazz. 35 would have been the 99 season that he sat out, I think. Right. Um, so they're just, we're, we're really getting where there aren't comparables for what LeBron's pulling off. No, you know, the, those who are Jordan fans versus LeBron fans and, you know, the GOAT status, I mean, you've got the three-peats, and I, I read that argument yesterday, which was uh, interesting, uh, you know, three in a row twice, and LeBron has jumped around uh, to different teams, but also the argument of being able to gather other uh, different teammates and make them into champions, you know, as well. You know, I watched him, you know, in game six, and I, I, I really, I mean, watched the entire series, but, you know, his power, guys, is insane at 35, going on 36. The speed's still there. The, the running downhill, the attack mode, you can't do anything once he gets loose in the open floor and he dominates you. And you could tell, again, you, you know, you, you back off because you know the foul's going to come. Uh, you know, he lives his, he's lived his life like Carl Malone uh, at the free throw line. Power will do that. And, and you saw so much strength that you just cannot corral, man. And you make a great point, the age, but the way he takes care of himself and still the mental attitude of, of hunger uh, to go out and, and win a championship. Three times now, three different cities, four overall, and another finals MVP, by the way. That was I really thought maybe it leaned to AD's way, but in Game Six, I think it swayed uh, the voters. And uh, Davis played extremely well in the finals as well. But man, uh, I don't know how it slows him down. I don't know if it if he you know I, I the rumor is in the league he wants to play until his son Bronny joins him for a year, and I think that puts him at what around thirty seven, maybe thirty eight. So. We'll see if that actually that wish comes uh, comes true. But if anybody's going to do it, it'll be LeBron. It was sensational. There's no question about that. Uh, one of the things that you look at the Lakers is guys like I know Green missed the shot, uh, but yeah. he's a veteran. Rajon Rondo, veteran, just came up huge. Dwight Howard, even Morris. So really, no rookies to speak of. And as I look at it as the Jazz, we saw what they did last year. And they've actually done it uh, a couple of times, you know, a few years back when they brought in Johnson and D.L., George Hill, uh, this past season with Green, Moutier. They've gone the veteran route, right? Right. And to me, if you're in win mode now, that is the way to go. Now, a couple of those things – Green, he was gone early. Moutier sort of got uh, time a little bit and then went to the bench and all that stuff. But I still think that's the way to go is to augment your roster with veteran guys who just like the Joe Johnsons, he's coming in here with the idea of helping you win. That's the only agenda. How much do you think they're going to buy into that to try to do that again, to flush out the roster, get some more depth with veteran guys? Because I know they've got all these second-round dudes that they've had and they're trying to develop too, so it's an interesting balance. 
You know, I tell you, PK, it's a great discussion because you know you've got the veterans as you as was as we know, and the and the trade in midseason last year for Clarkson was just a huge uh, lift uh, for the Jazz bench. But you know what? You've also got three players that you know that the Jazz have quite intrigued. You know, they're intrigued with with Tucker, Brantley, and Oni. I'm not sure where they play into this, but I'm with you. You can still have one or two of those young players. But yet that one missing piece uh, most likely is going to have to come as a veteran free agent, right? So what do you give up? Did you develop those three guys and push them to another team to help sweeten the deal? Do you keep one that you really have your eye on? Oni intriguing. Tucker's very physical uh, player that sometimes makes you go, wow. I mean, that guy can you know, maybe contribute. And that's what the Jazz do pride themselves on, as you both know, and development of players. Uh, but I still think, again, you can develop to a certain point, but you have to have solid, bona fide veteran player to make that next step. And I think that's where the Jazz are. How they do it, DK, is another another question. You know, do they jump the cap? Do they actually pay the max money to Rudy or back off and still have extra cash to pay for that one other piece? Does Rudy buy in? Uh, and what does Donovan how does Donovan dominate the conversation, too? Uh, do they allow him uh, input? My guess is absolutely. So um, it, it's still, it, it may be a short off season, but it sure is going to be interesting once the draft happens. Uh, do they use the 23rd pick? Is there a kid, Arizona, Washington? Both those players are intriguing, but do they push you to the higher level in the West, which is so damn com- competitive? And it's not going to change, by the way. Uh, LeBron's not going anywhere anytime soon, and uh, they're going to get a new coach in L.A. with the Clippers. Uh, and you still got, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard sitting right there. So it's going to be, it's really going to be intriguing. It's it's a, it's a rough road to the top, no question. Rough road. The Warriors are back, baby. That'll uh, that'll help. Yeah, that'll make thanks, it more competitive. Thanks for reminding us, right? Yeah, right. it will. But you're right. I mean. What if what if uh, Antetokounmpo heads that way? I mean, what's going to happen with Milwaukee? Does the East slide a bit? Uh, does he decide to bolt? It's going to be. Uh, it should be there. I think there'll be movement, but at the same time, the salary cap and what the players' association and the league comes up with on what money is there and how do they how do they do this? How do they work through COVID and the loss of income? Uh, how do players decide? Do they sign one-year deals? Do they decide to play and roll the dice and just get one-year contracts and then see if the the, the cap jumps itself uh, to another level again? So some gambling going on uh, in the sense of I think probably you'll see uh, uh, some players decide to, to, to gamble and what the agents think is best for that client. So Hang on, it should be it should be interesting, and we always say that, but this one is even more so because money drives it, and if the salary cap and isn't it, isn't what it should be or what you know the uh, the ownership group again is going to argue their their losses come into play. Uh, this is going to be quite a discussion uh, before it's all said and done. So when you look at the what the Jazz have to do in the off season. 
and and every team has to do stuff. There's just no question about it. It's a never-ending job, even for the Lakers. You know, resigning Anthony Davis and and Rondo and can opt out and all this stuff. So it doesn't matter who you are. Some teams have bigger jobs because they have existing talent. But when you're looking at it, what do you think is the best? Well, not the best way to attack it, but the most important way or the most important thing that they need to get done, I should say. You know, PK, I think it starts with what they have to spend, and that's after they take care of Donovan and Gobert. And then you can really discuss what, what direction they go. I think it's important if Rudy, you know, wants to win a championship, the Jazz have got to be real about the decision about a max contract, right? It's the super max. And, uh, you know, we have talked about Gobert. We know his his strengths and weaknesses. And I only think there's four or five guys in the league that deserve that type of cash. And Rudy is on the cusp, but yet limited offensively. So that's, that, that's just me. I mean, I, I love the guy and I love the way he plays, but I think again, sometimes the frustration with uh, the offense kind of runs through Gobert when the ball has to be totally delivered, you know, right on the target on that lob high pass to the rim. He's incredibly effective uh, as you know, it's 70% from the floor. But again, can you take it outside? What we saw with Jokic kind of gives you the idea of the diversity that the Jazz may need more of. Uh, is there another big that can do that? Um, is Tony Bradley going to be uh, a bigger player? Uh, is he tradable? Uh, all those things come into play, uh, PK. And also you just need another guy that can stretch the floor and defend. And hit, and obviously this league is all about what three ball. It's it's you got to hit the outside three, or it really can um, you know, in a way hinder, suffocate, use whatever uh, action verb you want. But it's 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 true. I mean, gosh, it's it's an amazing thing what the three point shot can do in this league. And you know, Locke talks about it. I still think the mid mid range game has purpose and and has impact. Uh, you look at Jamal Murray in Denver. The guy still has, you know, he, he can do it really all, but he has a good mid-range game and can take it outside as well. So, uh, PK, I think a, a wing guy who can stretch and, and another defender, a big, who can also go outside and hit a, and spread the floor even more for Donovan. You know, watching the playoffs just reinforced the thought that the most important thing is how good is your star player. So what is Donovan Mitchell's ceiling? How much is he going to improve next year? And how much is he going to improve over, you know, two or three years? The next most important thing is how good are your second and third players? Rondo made the Lakers look a lot better. And obviously, AD yeah. already referenced how good he was. And then uh, a little bit to the depth and the coaching. But as we watch the coaching carousel, you know, Frank Vogel is now he's on top of the world, right? Because right. he had LeBron. He sure. was in Indiana and in three straight playoffs. They lost to the Heat in six games, in seven games, and in six games. He didn't have LeBron. So I, I'm entertained by the coaching carousel, and we're all intrigued with who gets the Clippers job. But, you know, Frank Vogel is losing the Heat three years in a row, and then Paul George gets hurt in their lottery team, and George comes back, but it's a first year back, and he's not all the way back. Get knocked out in the playoffs, and Vogel gets fired. So tell me how good Donovan's going to be. <laughs> Tell me well, if getting back a guy who is arguably your third best player, who you didn't have all the way through the playoffs, how much does that? I mean, on any given night, the Jazz third best player might be a different guy. But yeah, I think most well, nights the Jazz are missing their third best player. Yeah, That's the most Bogey, important stuff. Bogey does help, obviously. 
and the Jazz were able to Quinn's credit. Should have closed down Denver 3-1, didn't happen. I mean, the Clippers are saying it's the same thing. Should have, but didn't. Uh, so, again, you, you leave with now players saying that's a motivator. Well, it better be, uh, in my opinion. But, PK, look, i, I got to get you into this because the, the other part of this conversation is do you now make a move, even though you have Mike Conley for one more year, when does Donovan, does he become – your primary ball handler. Is he the point guard? At 6-1, after everyone went back and, uh, and were put back up on the scale and were uh, most players shrunk one or two inches, Donovan lost, you know, went from 6-3 to 6-1. It's a small backcourt, right, for the Utah Jazz with Conley. So that's, that's something that's intriguing to me is a lot of talk about is Donovan Mitchell the future of the Jazz at the point position, and do you, do you find yourself another two-guard? So, you know, I, that's interesting to me because what does that do to his game, and does that make him more a facilitator, or is he more now driver, get to the free-throw line? I mean, can he still pull up and pop a three? Absolutely. But he has the ball in his hands, and I think there's been times we've seen when he's more ball dominant along with Joe Ingles, the, the Jazz seem to be pretty productive on the offensive end. So I think that's another discussion the Jazz are going to have as well. Uh, do they make a move? Uh, do they wait until the contract of Conley runs out? That's a pretty expensive backup point guard, right, if you don't start him, but also uh, maybe a more dynamic bench. But those are big decisions, man, that I don't make. But it's intriguing to see if, if when, when and if Donovan – you know, is given the ball to run the show. Bowler, we'll leave it there. We appreciate the time. Good luck to your Chiefs. I mean, undefeated was great, but now you're <laughs> four and one playing another four and one team in the Bills, who also were undefeated. You, you better not be four and two. Big game, no, Bowler. Big no. game. Big game. Big big game. Take a breath and maybe come off the high, and you get back in. Maybe that first loss you have to lose, right? So maybe that's the one that you say, let's just go back and play football. That's what I'm hoping. Enjoy your Monday afternoon football. And uh, Monday. Uh, great co-sell. Yeah, Good job. Not really. All right. <laughs> See you <laughs> later, Bowler. Thanks a lot.